Our lives intersect the lives of other people, groups, or even whole governments. What happens next is what I explore in this podcast. Welcome to Intersections. I'm Brett Dickerson, your host. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Intersections. I'm interviewing an art teacher, an elementary art teacher in Oklahoma City Public Schools by the name of Paxton Caven. And Paxton, thank you very much for uh, meeting with me today. Paxton's having to stay after school, you know, and she's not even in trouble. She just agreed (laughs) to stay after school and talk to me. So uh, Paxton, you're an art teacher. Uh, Tell tell me what what grade you uh, teach. I typically see pre. Uh, we saw preschool last year. We don't see them this year because yeah. of budget cuts. Um, okay. I see kindergarten through sixth grade this year. So, so yeah, I don't want to run past that. Last year, you um, you were able to include preschool yes. in art, which which to me sounds sounds pretty uh, pretty important for preschool. Are the are the preschool teachers just kind of trying to work in whatever art they they can? This I year? think so, and we kind of coordinate together. I'll give them a sm- lesson plan sometimes, right. and um, preschool. Uh, it is important for the preschoolers to have art, but they also mm-hmm. have their teaching assistants, so they have right. a little bit more help in their classrooms. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because they have assistants in the yes. in the classroom who can help. So, but the district did cut that out for budgetary reasons. Right? For most schools, I don't know if it was district wide. It kind of depended on yeah. what the special teachers could schedule into their schedule mm-hmm. because we are on a limited um, staff basis. So. Right. Now, uh, this, when I came in, I was impressed. This this whole physical plant is a new physical plant, isn't it? Yes. I believe it's less than 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a very impressive building. Uh, Miss, Miss Paxton's, I mean, Miss, Miss Caven's room is, is a uh, very bright, colorful, as you could imagine, an art room to look like a lot of art samples on the wall, a lot of student samples of student work on the wall. Uh, just kind of describing the room for my listeners here, bright, nice room. Um, so how, how many students does Martin Luther King have anyway? We have around 500 this year. We keep growing. Um, we'll kind of fluctuate throughout the year. Yeah. Martin, Martin Luther King Elementary School, a regular elementary school, not a charter in, in Oklahoma City Public Schools. Yes, right? that's correct. Yeah. Oklahoma City Public Schools is an authorizer for several charter schools, but this is not one of them. Correct. Right. Yeah. And and the location is uh, just off of 50th between uh, Kelly, uh, close to Kelly and 50th Street. Kind right. Of. We, we just kind of say that. Northeast 50th and Kelly. Um, so, uh, tell me, tell me, uh, which of those grade levels, uh, which, which students are the most challenging in, in terms of teaching art anyway? Um, I think that the sixth graders are probably the most challenging of uh-huh. my group. Um, just because they're ready to leave elementary school. They, <laughs> they, they have that power feeling. Um, yeah. so they're the rowdiest group, but they're the, they're good kids. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I think most people would think, oh, well, the youngest kids would, would be the hardest, but, but the sixth graders, are just they're really tired of being elementary kids right right and they're they're just out there i mean it just it just seems like uh, no matter uh which grade is the top grade of elementary 
that grade are always the ones who are irritable and the most right. on edge and ready to get out of here. I'm, I'm tired of being, you know, I don't want to be an elementary school kid anymore. Uh, when it was the eighth grade, it was the eighth graders. Uh, in middle school, it's the eighth graders because they're ready to go on to high school. So uh, in the high school where I taught, it it was the seniors who were the ones. Who were, of course. <laughs> so the ones who are ready to move on to something else are always the ones that, yes. that you kind of have to struggle with. And yeah. Yes. Um, what is, what is the biggest challenge uh, for an elementary school kid when it comes to art? If you, if you could typify that, what would that be? I think what I see most in my students is their confidence levels. And so we work a lot, um, using positive, um, yeah. positive reinforcement. We do a lot of things. Try, just try your best. If you're meeting the qualifications of the project, I'm not going to grade on, yeah. um, how it looks. I'm going to grade on how hard you try, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, that's what so I've worked effort hard is on. rewarded. Yes. Effort not, is definitely rewarded. Product, yeah. Um, because it is a skill set that not everyone has. Right. Um, it is something that can be learned, but it's not right. something that everyone just picks up right away. So I do grade um, based on effort and hard work mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So it just it just seems like to me it would be really hard with those younger kids who look right over uh, to the next seat over there. They're like uh, rectangular tables and round tables here in this room and no, no rows of desk, uh, you know, in an art class. And so, um, it, it just seems like to me that, that for some kids who really want to be good at art, but they're just not there yet, or they're just slower at, at, at figuring it out inside of themselves to look over at some other kid that's just kind of casually doing a lot better than they are. Do you, do you see that? Yes, I see that quite often. And that's where a lot of their frustration comes from. They want their picture to look right, um, as close as the next person's. And, um, so that's kind of what we work on every day. We work on, you know, just make yours yours and make it unique. And so they know that I grade based on their effort and not, so they always try hard. So, so that's, that ends up being kind of a character teaching moment, doesn't it? It is. If somebody's frustrated with themselves, you know, it's like, well, everybody else at the table, theirs looks better than mine does. Mine stinks. Uh, uh, what would you say if I, if I'm a fourth grader and I look at, at everybody else at the table, I say, well, mine stinks. Hey, this is, I can't do this. What do you say? Well, first we always look to see if there's something on the paper we can fix. Um, we look at their classmates, maybe they can give them tips and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then, um, after that, I always offer extra paper. We have erasers and that kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll get it so that that student loves their work before they leave. And that's wow. our goal. Wow. So you don't say, oh, honey, that's okay. That's okay. We'll just stop right there. What you do is show them how to keep trying. Right. right? I definitely don't want them to quit. I want them to keep challenging themselves and making their goals. Um, So, but we'll work together until we get there. So another character lesson. Yes. Then. Yeah. I think, I think most people who have not been in the classroom or certainly not um, had any kind of exposure, at least for a long time with, with what goes on in an art classroom would not think that this is a place where character is taught but the but the effort the trying uh the uh let's let's find an eraser let's let's fix this let's let's edit this picture let's uh, make it better let's keep trying and the, those are all i mean they're they're not just learning the mechanics of art are they they're they're learning character there yes definitely they? yeah a lot of people probably believe that you're just here to polish talent and and to soothe you know soothe the souls of the people who aren't <laughs> quite talented enough but it, but it's really um any any kind of creation 
you know, when you create, it's a lot more hard work than people think it is. It It is definitely. And I think, you know, when you really are creating your very best, you're pouring what you want out onto the paper. And so you become a little bit vulnerable and the kids do that too. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, that is a lot, you know, that's the other side of uh, creativity when you create something is, is, uh, that it, that when it ends up out there in front of somebody, somebody can say, well, I don't like this, you know, but when you create anything, you really are exposing yourself, aren't you? There's some kind of criticism. Somebody's saying, I don't like that. Yes, definitely. We have a rule in our art studio that says be sweet. And so the kids, um, they're not allowed to say anything bad about each other's artwork unless, um, you know, it's constructive and we're always trying to do better. If they have tips, then that's fine. But if, you know, can't say that's ugly and not, and get away with it. So get away with it. Yeah. Kids are going to try to find some way to say something like that anyway. Um, isn't, isn't that the process that even some of the best-known artists go through? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, critiques are important, but you do have to build up that confidence so that yeah. you can put your artwork out there. Well, and I, I just, having been a history teacher, I know some of the most, some of the most famous artists in, in history went through periods where they were extraordinarily frustrated with their own art, right. weren't they? Yes. Does it does it help some of your older students, like the fifth and sixth graders? Does it does it kind of help sometimes, you know, for somebody that's just really wiped out and going, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get this. I, I really want to be an artist, but I, I just won't get there. Does does it help to bring up some of the some of the famous artists who are really frustrated with themselves? It you does. Um, we talk about awesome artists every week. Um, so we have a new awesome artist that we talk about, <laughs> and that's kind of our art history time. And so this, when the kids hear those stories, they kind of perk up and they pick yeah. something up. Everyone picks something different up from those stories. So. so it isn't just raw talent, is it? No, it's not. It's lots of hard work and practice. Yeah, yeah. Hard work and practice. Yes. Some people might be able to pick up the piano quicker, uh, paint, you know, learn how to paint a little quicker. But but it, but at the end of the day, creation involves just a lot of hard work. It does. I'm, I'm a writer and a journalist, you know, and, and people think, oh, yeah, it's just there. You know, I could never do that. But, you know, about 80% of it is just really hard work. It's getting out there on the street and getting the story and, and then writing it and trying to write it in a way where people understand what the story is. Uh, it's, it's just a, it, creation is just a lot of hard work, isn't it? It is. I like to tell people when they tell me that it's just raw talent and it can't can't be taught that it's just like riding a bike or tying your shoe. You'll yeah. figure it out, and once you do, then you're set. So, so it so it just really has has to do with the time it takes to to get up to speed. Then, yes, right? you definitely have to put in the effort if yeah. you want to be good. If you have you're to put really in the talented, then that's a shorter timeline. Yes, right? yes. But but everybody has to put work in to get there. Right. Yes. So consequently, you have a lot of really talented people walking around out there who didn't think they should put in the time. And so we don't know about their talent. That is probably true. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, tell me what the, what the top three goals are for you, kindergarten through the sixth grade. Uh, what are your, what would you say are your top three goals? That sixth grader walks out the door for the last time. What do you want to have happened? Well, I think first I do want to instill that confidence in them that they can at least go and try to create an art project, Um, whether they are in middle school electives or whether they're Mm -hmm. just sitting at home doodling. um, I want them to have that confidence to at least try. Um, And I think the second thing that I would want is for them to have a variety of skills. So um, we don't do a lot of craft projects in here. I have an art degree, so um, I try to implement a lot of drawing. We learn about the elements of art. Um, I try to incorporate some 3D sculpture making. Um, We've painted some murals. printmaking. So I try to give them a variety of exposures to different mediums um, so that they leave here 
with um, a base knowledge of certain things. Um, and then probably a third goal, just that they love art. Um, you know, they don't all come in here wanting to be in art. They'd rather be in PE most of the time. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's us play dodgeball, least, which right. they won't let them do anyway. Right, right. Um, end up doing it anyway. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> but, you know, at least that they'll at least try it and they'll, you know, they have that love for art. So either looking at it or creating yeah. it. I read a thing one, one time where an artist was making the point that everybody should know how to draw that that drawing is is seeing that that you train your your brain you know bird bird watchers even though we have this marvelous photographic capability now for bird watching and and audio stuff with the big dishes and people out in the woods with these these things you know recording bird sounds but birders still take pride in their sketchbook that that they sketched a bird because they they believe that there's there's more there than with the beautiful photographs that they take does that does that make sense to you yes it does i mean they're gonna see details that maybe a photograph wouldn't pick up and that way they can remember it's just like it's a way of note-taking so yeah um, I had a student one time in high school who, uh, I'd, I'd gone to this thing that said, okay, you know, there's not just one way to take notes, you know, so if a student can draw these little symbols or whatever, remember I had one student, uh, who got the top score on the AP U.S. history exam, who the only thing he had in his notes were these weird little drawings and pictures there. What's, what's, what's going on there with that anyway? Is, um, is something that somebody draws does that trigger all sorts of other things in their mind? I think possibly, maybe. I know that sometimes drawing helps people focus while they're listening and yeah. taking notes. Um, and then I think, you know, if they make their notes how they want them, they're going to remember it more than if they're just <laughs> jotting things down. So, uh-huh. um, do you think do you think everybody should learn how to draw at least? I do. I mean, I think you should have a basic knowledge of how to draw basic things. So no one's expecting you to complete a masterpiece, but you should right. know how to draw something. What are some What are some ways that you teach your students that drawing can can help them along the way? Um, I mean, we draw all the time. So I think just by everyday <laughs> basis, they're kind of like, oh, hey, drawing's important. Miss Caven wants us to draw. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but then, um, I mean, we do a lot of different types of drawings. And so yeah. I think that they kind of see, oh, I can use this drawing for this kind of project at school, or I could do this for this. And so it's always fun when you see them drawing what we've learned in class outside yeah. of class too. Yeah. So. Do you, do you have, you, you know, drawing doesn't, cost that much you, you can find a grocery sack and tear off a piece of something yes. and, and take an old pencil and draw on it do you do you have kids bring things to you that they've quietly drawn someplace and show it to i do actually um and i dedicate the wall behind my desk to all the drawings that they bring in wow. so um and it's only september and my wall is almost full so uh, <laughs> i can attest to that the wall yeah you're gonna have to go on up this I is am. like about a 10 foot ceiling in here you're you're gonna have to start using a ladder yes i'm gonna have to get a ladder some scaffolding or something <laughs> so i can hang up all the student work but yes yeah, students are constantly bringing me artwork mm-hmm. in which and nothing makes me happier so do you do you think that that drawing helps a student with with perspective? Uh, do you do you think that that helps a student's brain, especially a young student, to understand perspective or to really see something? I think better? it can if they're looking at it. I mean, depending on how they're looking at it, I think that it definitely can. I mean, that's a right. whole part of art that we talk about is perspective too. So right, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'm just I'm I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. I'm thinking that that if they learn perspective on a on a flat plane, but how to portray perspective, would that help them in 3D art later on? Oh, when definitely. They're using paper mache and yes, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we start with drawing at the beginning of the year. We kind of advance right. to 3D work at the end of the oh, year. Oh, so you do 3D yes, stuff? We, do. we okay. try. We dabble in it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll build paper sculptures and things like that. And I think that um, the combination of the two. Some students will pick up the 3D from drawing, and then yeah. some students don't pick it up until we do that 3D work, and then it's an aha moment. So. Have you, do you have students that come into art class and this, this is their favorite class in school? Yes, definitely. Yeah, so this yeah. is the class they look forward to. Um, I have students who see me every morning. Is this my day for art? Am I coming to art today? Um, we have a, the PE, the PE teacher and I always joke about which students love my class more than PE. So. <laughs> it, I think, um, Oftentimes, people think that things like art and PE are are just in in music and all that are all kind of extraneous things. Let's just cut all that stuff out. Let's make sure they know math and reading. You know, let's just let's just make sure they know this and let's just drill and kill and, and do the whole thing. But they those are people who really haven't seen the classroom. You know, like like both of us have, uh, where. There are many students who just would would run away or just try their hardest not to come to school every day if it wasn't for art or PE or or any other kind of activity. It it helps them to deal with the day, doesn't it? Right, definitely. I think um, for elementary students especially, it provides a break in their studies throughout the day. So and it's something different yes. than, than their classroom and doing so, math or reading. Right. Well, and our students are in their same classroom all day long. So unless they're at the cafeteria. <laughs> or a recess, then unless, until they come to PE or art, they don't get a break from that teacher or they don't yeah. get a break from their room. Yeah. So our classrooms do provide a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, and after I get done teaching my lesson, they're free to talk to themselves. So they do get that kind of... Um, yeah. So that break for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's more creativity going yes. on there. The interaction. Yes. The creativity of interaction. Yeah, and all that. Um, what have been just just kind of on a on a building level now? The di- the district uh, has has been suffering uh, from cuts. You know, state budget cuts and things like that. Uh, what it, as a classroom teacher, as an art teacher, uh, what are some of the well? What's the impact? of of those cuts what has been the impact that you've seen i think the biggest cut this year is that our students don't have music um oh, we wow. had pe art and music last right. year and our principal was challenged to pick art or pe or art or music i'm sorry yeah. um and so most schools in okc had to choose between art and music right. and so that was a major um, disadvantage to our students Yes, so. the Oklahoma City Arts Council has has been trying to fill in the gaps yes. there, uh, but but they've been even struggling to to find enough money to do that themselves. Right, and, right. and so yeah, so uh, yeah, so your principal had to choose. You you kind of made a mistake, and you said between art and PE. You know, that's kind of funny because most of us know. Your principal would not have given the choice between PE and art. We're going to keep right, they're PE required no matter, to have PE, yeah, yes. no matter what. So the choice was between two different arts: yes. the the art of music or, or drawing and yes. uh, graphic arts and all that. Right? And, yes. Uh, so you had to cut out music. Yes, that's and, what our and school. And they had chose to cut to out pre-K 
coming to your classroom too, right? Yes. Yeah. So we lost pre-K coming to, um, they don't go to PE and they don't go to art. Yeah. And then we lost music completely. So What year of teaching is this for you? This Paxton? is my third year. Your third yes. year. Yeah. How is this year different than your first year? Um, I would say a word to describe my first year was survival. <laughs> so um, I just felt like I was, was grasping at school. Um, I was part time here and I was part time at another school in OKCPS. Yeah. Okay. So I shared my time um, with both schools. Wow. So you had to travel between the two schools. Yes. Yeah. So I was 2.5 days here and then the rest of the week at the, my Southside school. Oh, so. so you didn't have to do that daily. It no, was, it wasn't it was like daily. days here and then days there. Yes, yeah, I, had a split, yeah. I had a split Wednesday, but other than that, I had a full day. Um, and I didn't see all the kids um, at the school, so we actually had a second art teacher who saw some of the classes oh, yeah. and I saw others. Okay. So I love seeing all the kids, uh -huh. um, having all of them as my students. And then this year I get to see them twice a week instead of just once a week, which right. is making a huge difference in my program. So Wow. So that, you know, that, that talk, talk about that some more. I think, I think some people have not ever taught or helped in a classroom as a volunteer before wouldn't understand that. Talk, talk about that dynamic a little more, just about frequency, frequency of coming to your. Okay. Um, well, in elementary schools, art and beer are used as the planning periods for the teachers. So um, most of the time in our typical schedule, they would go to PE twice a week, art once a week, music, and then they always have an extra, that's sometimes library. Right. Yeah. Um, this year it's being used for art. And then I'm also taking the music slot. So um, some of them have three PEs, some of them have three arts, oh, because we're wow. just alternating between the two specials this year. I see. So um, getting to see the kids twice a week, we can do bigger projects. Yeah. We can... Um, go deeper into our projects we can study our topics a little more uh -huh. so that's really nice that we don't just touch the top of the topics but we can really yeah. dig deep going into your third year what do you think you have going for you now just just on your own insides than than you did this time this time in the school year how many weeks have you been in school now? this is our eighth week eighth week okay so you're eight comparing this eighth week to your eighth week in your first year of teaching how are how are you different this year um i think i have a know-how of what's going on in the district so yeah. uh, my students are getting to have opportunities that they didn't have my first year because i just didn't know what was going on right yeah. um so now i know when to expect deadlines i know when certain contests are uh -huh. um i know what i could put my students up for and all of that so i think just knowing more about what's going on is the biggest advantage do you do you find yourself being generally more more calm in yes. the classroom yes definitely because you've been here before you've done this before yes right yeah. so the things that seemed like emergencies and right. craziness before are the list below over now so have you have you have you found that your students pick up on that and behave differently now than they did in your first year? I do think that they do. You think they kind of felt your nervousness in that I first do. year? Well, in my first year, this school had never had a stable arts program. Right, so yeah. um, they couldn't keep an art teacher. Um, we'd have one maybe for three months mm -hmm. or a year, and then they would leave. So I think the students, knowing that I've been here for three years, I'm sticking around, they're stuck with me. So yeah. <laughs> um, I think that they pick up on that, and they know that I'm going to be here for them. And so that helps them when they're in here. They can create, and they feel comfortable creating. Does it does it help to have a core of students that that remember you from your first year and then your second year? Oh, definitely. So my I I rarely have behavior problems with the students who I've had all yeah. three years. Um. Yeah. So and they 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 they're kind of the leaven in the bread, aren't they? They yes. they know you. They tell other kids, yeah, you know, I had her two years ago. Right. This is my third year. Yeah, she's really cool. This is a great class. That that 
is an, a kind of an unmeasurable dynamic, isn't it? Yes. To to being to long longevity in teaching, right? Oh yes, definitely. And I know the students I started out teaching in preschool who are now first graders. Right. I mean, they're some of my favorite students to teach just because they've only ever been in my art class, and so yeah. they know exactly what I expect in here, and they love coming in here, and we ne- we rarely have problems. So. <laughs> So yeah, so so long longevity uh, in a position uh, produces continuity. Yes, in a position, doesn't it? And you have a core of students that have, this is their third year to have had you for art. Yes, they know what to expect when they walk in the door. Do you think that that's some of your classroom being a little more calm and relaxed? Than in that first year also that you have oh, students definitely. who've known you that long. Oh right? yes, I I think that that's the biggest part of it is that I've been here. The students know mm-hmm. exactly what to expect when they come through my door, and so there's no surprises for either of us. I just, I just think that that's that's the unmeasurable part of teaching, and, and uh, pe- people who think, oh yeah, we all teachers can be temps and they can just come in one year and then go off and do something else. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter, you know, six of one, half dozen of another, but it really does make a difference, doesn't it? Oh, yes, I think so. I think that schools that have higher turnover rates yes. are the ones that see the most, most behavior problems, the poorer right. academic success, that kind right. of thing. Because behavior at the end of the day is about relationships, isn't it? Relationships yes. between the students and the people who are in charge. Right. right. And the better they know you, the more they're going to respect you, and mm-hmm. that really matters. I wonder, you know, I just I just wonder how many companies think it would be a great idea to just have their workforce turn over every year. You know, some companies do, but they're, they're the companies that typically have a lot of trouble and, and really complain a lot about their employees. And, right. And so when you do that in teaching, then there you are. You have um, buildings where you have maybe a third of the teaching staff are in their first year. Uh, and uh, that that creates problems. Then. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so so what do you want to see? This is your third year. What do you want to see three years from now? Um, I definitely, I just want my program to keep growing. I want us to, you know, strive to meet all of the opportunities that we can. I try to apply for everything that we can so our kids can be <laughs> exposed to all sorts of things. Um, Are contests important? Um I don't think that contests are the most important. I try to get my students involved in more community art projects. Oh, um, okay. So things at the Myriad Gardens. Um, we went to the state yeah, capitol so last year. Yeah, so you're not talking about contests. You're talking right. about we do, big community yeah. things. We do a few contests. I do want yeah. them to at least try that. Um, yeah. That's part of the confidence building thing, right. not to get frustrated if you don't win. Yes. Um, that kind of thing. So we yeah. do the zoo art contest every year, and there's a few mm-hmm. northeast side things that we do. Um, the Keep Oklahoma Beautiful trash poster <laughs> contest. We do those things. Um, but that's not what I stress in my classroom. Mm-hmm. We really try to get involved in the community, do projects that yeah. they can all be involved in, public art kind of things. So, uh, Paxton Caven, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, thank you for all that you're doing for your students. And I, I wish you multiples of three three years to come. It's It's been very enjoyable talking to you. You obviously uh, are a teacher who has a lot going on and you you know where you're going. And uh, uh, if I could go back in time and be one of your students in class, I would love to do that. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me today. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com where you can subscribe listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. 
on Twitter and Instagram. We are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Stephen Tyler is our awesome production advisor, and I am your host, Brett Dickerson. <laughs>